Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Jesus comes and he meets with these seven churches. He gives a message to seven churches. And of those seven churches, five of them got rebuked. Five of them got corrected. Five of them needed to turn around. And he's saying, if you guys don't turn around, I am coming. And it's not going to be pretty. You better turn around because I am jealous for my church. To one in Ephesus, he goes, you guys, you know what you've done? You serve. you, You do this. You've got great doctrine. You've got all these good things. But guess what? You've left your first love. Now, honestly, if, I, if you would read the church in Ephesus, you'd go, man, they'll probably put most any churches today to shame. I mean, you can read some of the things they're doing there. Look, he's going, I know your works. Your, your patience. You can't bear those who are evil. You tested those who say they're apostles and they're not. They're liars. You persevered. You have patience. You've labored for my name's sake. You've not become weary. But then he goes, but I've got this against you. You go, what? After all that stuff, you've got something against us? Well, it must be something sort of small. You've left your first love. Man, that's just the craziest thing to me. Do you you see what I'm saying? Now, I want you to understand this. Those people would have not had any idea they'd left their first love. He didn't say they didn't love them at all. He said they they didn't have the radical love that they used to have for them. And he says, That's the quality of love that I'm looking for. I'm looking for that devotion, that love you had for me. Man, you would have gone anywhere. You would have done anything. You didn't even think twice about it. That's what I want. What you have now, you're going in the wrong direction. You think I'm just happy with you knowing good doctrine? You think I'm just happy with a little bit of what you give me every week? The little bit of this, the little bit every day, the little three? No, I want you to go back to that radical devotion. I don't know what you used to do. Maybe you got up early just so you could worship the Lord before you went to work. Maybe you spent time, you know, at lunchtime, go, man, I got to get into some word. Man, man, that's just so good. I don't know where maybe each one of us have been. But God says, I love the radical love. That's what I'm desiring. And he says this. He says, if you don't fix that, I'm going to get rid of your lampstand. Now, You think God's not serious? God's very serious. And do you realize, you know what it means to say to take your lampstand out? It means I'm going to, lampstand is the candle, you know, represents God being there. Guess what happened? That church was removed from the earth and for years and years and years and years, like hundreds of years. In in fact, I believe it's only in fairly recent history that there's been a, a significant church in Ephesus. God did exactly what he said. Why would he do that? Man, they're good people. Man, look at all they're doing for God. Man, look, they're, they're holding the doctrine. God says, no, it's not right. I deserve a radical love. I deserve radical love. Now, I want you just to think. Look at that church who's pure. Uh, there's not sin there. Uh, it's just a radical love that's missing. He goes, mm, man, that just grieves my heart so badly. Do y'all think I'm just happy with you giving me this little bit of your heart, that little bit? You think I'm just happy for the fight? No, I am not just happy. Some people will go, oh, God's just happy for any little thing that you'll give him. You're just making an effort. God's like, no, I'm asking for everything. I love you. I understand you going forward and dealing with issues in your life. I understand all the junk you've got in your life. 
I'm not even so worried about that. What I'm concerned about is, is your heart all mine, you see? That's what God's concerned about. He can fix all your mess. He'll clean up all your mess. He just wants all your heart. And then he goes on. I mean, there's so many other churches. You got the next one he goes to, the um, Pergamos and um, Thyatira. Uh, you know, he's both of these. There was sex. There was sexual immorality in the church. Man, that is that upset Jesus. Sexual immorality in the church. And he says there are teachings in the church that sort of in that area are like stumbling blocks. So somehow, what was being taught in the church? was like a stumbling block and it enabled or didn't prevent people from committing sexual immorality or sexual sins. I don't know what those doctrines were, you know, but I've just wondered, it, it, I wonder if that happens today, you know. What were they saying? It's okay to, to sin. Um, you know, you don't have to worry about that. God doesn't care. Um, you know, God understands. Uh, God loves you anyway. I mean, what kind of messages make that kind of thinking possible? And I have heard so many times, I mean, God loves everybody. Of course, he loves everybody. He understands, like I said, the junk you've come out of. He, under, he knows your skeletons. And he, he just loves to take you in and clean that. He's, he's not upset at you for that. He knows your struggles you're going through. But how many times you hear of people, they're in church leadership, living with their boyfriend or girlfriend and sleeping together, you know, or live, living like that. And it's, it's as if that doesn't even matter. I'm talking about people that are even leaders. You know, you're going, that's the craziest thing. How can that happen? And that's pretty much what was being said to this church. How can this happen? You see, now... I just would say this, that the role of the church isn't primarily to entertain. Entertainment's not sinful, but that's not the main role of the church. It's not to have an exciting service. It's not just to be professional. It's not to make you feel good. It's not to, to impress you with the organization, with all of this and all of that. That is not the role of the church. The role of the church is at least to help you understand how to please the Lord, what pleases Him, what doesn't please Him. How are we supposed to live? How are we supposed to love? How are we supposed to go forward? What does God want us to do? What does God not want us to do? What pleases the Lord? And we are learning how to walk in a way knowing what the will of the Lord is. So we shouldn't be ignorant, but we should learn what the will of the Lord is. Amen? And then there's so many other ones. Sardis. Sardis, he goes, you got a name. You've got a name, man. Everybody says, you are the happening place. Yeah, man, you got this. It says, you've got a name. You've, everybody knew about that church. But guess what? Jesus goes, but I know the truth. I know you're dead. Wow. Man, I bet that shook everybody. I bet they had big leaders meetings. And man, it's like, hey, so-and-so's coming to preach a word. They said they got for the Lord for our church. I bet it's amazing. And he goes, and he goes hey, you guys got a big name. You know, I could just imagine all the leadership team there that day. They're all going, <laughs> yes, we do. We've got it on our T-shirts. We've got it on our hats. everywhere, right? Man, you got a, you got a name. you got a name. Man, and, and then he goes, but God knows you're dead. 
man, I bet you go, oh, you're going to have a big leaders meeting when that guy leaves, right? He's like, oh, my, oh, no, right? Then there's Laodicea, another church. He goes, you're lukewarm. You're bland. You don't have that zest and fire in your life for me and the things of God anymore. Man, think about those things. These are things that God judged in a very severe way in these churches. And I would say almost all of these things are here in a very significant way in our church today, in our church world today. He ends that, that little section where he's talking to these churches and correcting them. He ends it and he says this, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Now remember that verse that we heard earlier where it says when God judges us, he's chastening us because he loves us. He says this to those churches, as many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. Now let me ask you this. If God says as many as I love, and he was talking to churches 2,000 years ago, does that apply to us today? Yes, as many as I love. If he was rebuking corporate bodies in cities or whatever, will he rebuke and, and work with and, and speak to corporate bodies today? Absolutely he will. And you know what I believe will happen when God does that? If God does do this on a major scale in this nation, it will change the whole way church works. What used to be will be no more. 